0: All right, recording this 624, the 23rd of June. I believe episode 1920, something around there. We're, we're getting up there in Just episodes. About. Yeah, we're getting up there in episodes. Um, me and Nolan are back on the pod. No guests, no guests. But I wanted to talk about, open up the conversation and talk about the Boston thing. Just a few hours ago, they had hired their new head coach, uh, Udoka. Um, he's been on the bench uh, this past season with the Nets, previously with Philly. Uh, one of Pop's disciples, um, definitely a great basketball mind. What did you thought of the hire when, when you heard about it, Noah?
1: Um, honestly, I mean, I wasn't really sure what direction the Celtics were going to go after firing Stevens. Because, honestly, I mean, I think me and you have talked about this a few times. And we both think pretty highly of Stevens as like an X's and O's guy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... <clears throat> to see that they're going back to like uh, pop disciple and um kind of picking from that tree. It's, it shows me that while Boston didn't do anything flashy, they're also like going with a pretty safe hire and like a well-known commodity. And he's been like kind of one of the, one of those assistants that's always been talked of just getting hedge coaching jobs the past few years. I remember seeing his name and, a few different searches and stuff. So, I mean, I think that, like I said, it's a safe hire. It's, um, has a good lineage of, from pop, but I really don't, I don't know what to expect from the Celtics next
0: year. Yeah, me either. Because Jason and uh, Tatum and Brown, they really like this guy. He helped. um, He was an assistant coach for USA Basketball. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's, you know, where the connection first came up. And then I guess, you know, Brad Stevens had to talk to his two stars, right? To, you know, to
1: get the confirm for the tire. You would think so, right? Oh, for sure. You got to involve them at least to, like, get some suggestions or, like, feedback. I can't imagine they'd hire someone without... Checking with those two, especially after the way they dealt Kemba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that,
0: right? So they trade like Brett Stevens fifteen minutes on the job. Uh, he ships
1: Kemba to OKC for uh what and what a pig indictment, man. Like the coach yeah. you just had the past few years. The second after he's in charge, like the first movie does to ship your ass out of town. <laughs> like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm sure, I'm sure Boston has plenty of reasons, and like health is like a big factor, and no one knows the health of Kemba Walker quite like the Celtics do because their medical staff has been, you know, monitoring him the past year, year and a half, whatever. And I just, I just, I'm, I was so shocked
0: by that move. Yeah, to me too. Dude. I, th- I thought they would write it out for another year, but it just seemed like that knee just couldn't get right the last two years. Yeah, uh, bringing back Hallford saves them a few million, which you know I think they're going to use that money to re-sign uh, Evan Fournier under the cap. So I guess that's how they were gonna go with it. Uh, they also got back Moses Brown, which
1: I've been very high of with his yeah, time in OKC. He's been had a you know solid. He's he is not like an all star or anything, but he's shown like being a role I, player potential yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now they have a decent young center rotation with uh Time Lord and uh, Moses Brown. So we'll see how they do it. Um, another coaching change, man. A lot of coaching changes. Stan Van Gundy got the boot in new orleans which <laughs> kind of saw that one coming look, look look, i understand stan is not the typical coach i like stan i really do he's one of those oh yeah he was a great
1: coach especially in his era
0: yeah yeah he was he's a good old school coach uh makes you he's gonna practice the shit out of you he's one of those guys like if you love the game of basketball he's like he's your coach but you know he just rubs the young guys the wrong way and i feel like he ingram did. didn't like him bledsoe like i don't do you remember that nick game he had like uh where uh, Bullock had that game winning three and it was just like a defensive like labs in that, in that team. Like
1: that's just... Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember the night you said that. Yeah, bro, Stan Van Gundy lost the locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> and- I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, like you said, Stan Van Gundy is, was a great coach, you know. And like you said, I think that most of the problems are just like what you said. It just comes down to the locker room and like if he lost the players or not and from everything we've heard this off season <clears throat> Zion's inner circle doesn't seem very happy with what's going on in the Pelicans situation so I mean I really think that getting rid of him like it was probably the best move that they can make because I mean you hire you hire Van Gundy and you bring in Steven Adams and you just try to play this old school brand of basketball they just like isn't where the league's at now. And I feel as like it kind of passed him by a little bit. And, and also, you got to think about
0: the season. No training camp, a short training camp, new roster. Coach hasn't coached in a few seasons. Yeah. And it, I don't know. I would have gave him at least the next year to see if it, that was really the issue, clean up the roster but and, and see what's up. But,
1: man, they gave him a boot. I think you couldn't keep him another year just because Zion's happiness has to be the number one priority for them right now. And if his ion's not happy with it, he's not having it, then I think you just kind of got to like go with that. Like, I know it's, it kind of sucks that like players have that much power and stuff, but when you're a small market team like that and you just lost Anthony Davis after failing to put a team around him, like you, everybody was putting this Pelicans team in the playoffs after year one. Yeah, they like,
0: underachieved, underachieved. At least this is, this is a playing team, Ross. At the minimum, at the minimum, yeah. at the
1: minimum. Yeah. should be. I mean, the West is really tough. Don't get me wrong. But Zion has been absolutely phenomenal. And between that and, like, the J.J. Redick trade issue that was, like, apparently a big thing for Zion. His his family didn't like how they did that with uh, J.J. either. But, I mean, just, like, even trading J.J. from that team, like, if you're Zion, you have to be thinking, like, what the hell, man? Like, I'm trying to make the playoffs. Like, you see Trey – Going to the Eastern Conference Finals, you see Luca doing shit. Like it's just it would be frustrating for sure. Yeah,
0: no, for sure, for sure. And and that those are all the reasons on why he ultimately did get fired. They could not give him another chance. And yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, anybody in particular that you want to see get the job, or it doesn't really like
1: whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I'm of the mind that a lot of these NBA coaches get too many chances (laughs) and like players and coaches like, I think like Stan Van getting hired here is like the ultimate example of that. And and, sometimes new blood is just like, you know, go out there and take a chance on somebody. Like, you know what I mean? Like find an up and coming coach who can maybe actually like catch something with, or do you want to go with like a quote unquote, like safe option and like you see what happened with the pelicans it just wasn't the fit it wasn't the era, and it didn't have the upside that some of these other coaches had
0: and thank you bro and mark my words i'm gonna cut and i'm gonna cut this clip Mac, mike D'Antoni will get another job this season i guarantee it oh man. i wouldn't
1: i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> bro.
0: he might get hired at fucking dallas Maybe, maybe it depends. That's actually the next situation I wanted to talk about. And uh, Rick Carlisle and Mark Cuban decides to call it quits. They also uh, fired their GM Donnie Nelson, yeah. who has been there for twenty years. You know, been there during the Dirk process, been there through like he was the guy who I guess identified Luca. He was the one credited with that in that organization. And you know, Rick Carlisle has been, in my estimation, a top ten, top ten coach throughout his tenure in Dallas. Uh, consistent uh, winning records. Uh, He went to chip in 2010 and uh, it it seemed like more of a Rick Carlisle thing. I I don't know if Mark Cuban wanted to get rid of him. I think they was down to run it and just clean up the roster, get another guy up there. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And as far as the GM job, you know, uh, pretty much Chris Stepps got him fired. I mean, we could all agree with that, that whole devastation of a trade. I, I just feel like, you know, whoever comes next into that Dallas seat, uh, bro, I don't want no Mark Cuban involvement. Like, just like how Don uh, James Dolan has it over here, like he doesn't touch basketball anymore. Like, I don't want Cuban ear in, in my in my ear. I don't want Cuban's mouth in my ear telling me my decision if yeah, I'm getting that job, if, if you
1: understand what I mean. Absolutely. And, like, I don't know exactly. Where I heard this from because I listened to a million different podcasts and like a month, Twitter way too more than I should be. But I'm uh, just like hearing that um Dallas doesn't really want to, like, not that they don't want, but that if you're gonna fire Rick Carlisle and bring someone in, and like these are really the first, like you said, all these people have been here for a really long time, these are really the first hires that. Mark Cuban has had to make since yeah. buying ownership of this team. And yeah. just the fact that you hear chatter around the league that a lot of these play- people don't want to take that job because they feel that you're almost like a figurehead that Mark Cuban is going to end up making the final call anyway. So like, who would want that job if Mark Cuban's ultimately going to have the final say, and you don't really even get a chance to do what you want to do. You see, like, there's a lot of owners
0: in the league that uh, have a, uh have imprint on what that, what goes on basketball-wise. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not successful. Like, we've seen Dolan do it, and he messed up the mellow trade. He messed up our roster for the future. We've seen it happen. It's still happening with the Kings, with Vivek, and they can't get out that hole. And they, they got the ninth pick, and they're not going anywhere for a few years unless they hit on that pick. And there's a whole bunch of situations where non-basketball people are making basketball decisions, mostly mm-hmm. based on uh, filling in butts in the seats, more like bringing in old stars like you, you you see it a lot throughout the years and uh, I've always was a a big advocate of hire your guys and leave him alone and and that's what Dolan has done do, mind you Dolan has has hired idiots along the way but he has let the idiots do their job
1: yeah for the most part right
0: so you that, that that's all i ask and i and then i was listening uh, to Chris Mannix and he was saying on how uh like a lot of people like if they should go they try to grab masai and i'm like i don't think my son would want that job like because a cuban and he has full autonomy in in the raptors organization and it's going to be interesting to see what they do and it's going to be interesting what the nick gm does with the, with the christophe situation right or, or they write it out
1: ah man it's tough because I don't know what you get for Kristaps at this point. You probably have to give an asset to get rid of Kristaps and they can't trade a first round pick for another like three years or two years or something like that. Cause of that rule was the stepping rule or whatever, where you can't trade your first round draft pick in the like consecutive years. <laughs> the Brooklyn rule. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. The last, uh, the last coaching change that had happened before we, for last pod was uh Scotty Brooks. And uh I guess they couldn't reach a contract extension, quote unquote. I'm politely firing you in the press. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I never thought he was a I don't know, he probably get another job. I never thought that he would take your team to the next home Uh good leader in the locker room. Uh you remember the Wizards were pretty much out of it, and uh you know they dug themselves out of the hole and was able to get into the playoffs, but I The Wizards would know they could do better. And that's the reason why they didn't re sign him, ultimately. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think when they brought him in, the hope was ideally that Durant would come home to DC and he had connections with Scott Brooks from OKC. Yeah. And that would all work out. But when you go the next year, and don't get me wrong, Bradley Beal said he liked him and Russ, both said they liked Scott Brooks. But when you have to, I know there were injuries with Westbrook and everything, but you have to fight just to get an eighth seed with two perennial all-stars on your team. It just—I don't know. I don't think I don't think Scott Brooks is the best coach. I don't think he got the most of his talent at OKC, and I just think that you can, like you said, you can do better if you're OK, or if you're uh, uh, the Wizards. You can take a flyer on somebody you can there's a lot of coaches out there rick carlisle still out there You know, i mean there's a lot of good coaching candidates out there it's just the matter of do you want to keep status quo just to like keep continuity or do you want to shake things up and try to get a better result and i think that a better coach can bring out the best of those two players a little better than they have been under scott brooks in the first year or two of that deal
0: yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree, and um, there's still a lot of question marks for them for that team in general mm-hmm. going into the off season. Are they going to break up that tandem of Westbrook and Beal? Um, what they're going to do about their wing situation because they're in dire need of guys who could play the wing and you know play play elite defense because bro, they're turnstile on defense. Uh, oh, I like uh, Thomas Bryan and Gafford. Good center rotation. We'll see mm-hmm. where that takes you in the future, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of work to be done with this organization in general. Uh, so, yeah, the, the few the, the coaching jobs that are available, Portland, Pacers, New Orleans, the Magic and uh, now Dallas. So. Five jobs available. We'll see how that fills up throughout the, throughout the summer. We'll see uh, the draft lottery, the draft lottery happened last night and uh, we was going to do the pod yesterday, but I decided, you know what? the draft lottery has to be in this pod because the Warriors got two picks. We've been talking about the Warriors mm-hmm. many episodes and we're excited to see how they rebuild that team with two picks. Now the magic got two picks. The Raptors got four. I'm going to be interesting to see how they manage at four. Um, yeah. The Kings got nine. Fuck y'all. It's good for y'all. <laughs> I hope, I hope whoever I pick at nine is a bust. <laughs> <laughs> The Hornets get eleven. It's gonna be interesting to see who they get to Melo. Uh, what's, what's the most interesting thing that happened, and what's gonna what's what's eye popping for you in this lottery?
1: Um, I think honestly, that this is one of the deeper drafts we've had in a few years, and it's one of the rare times you can say probably all t- the teams in the top four have like like one reasonably like you know I don't think any of those four teams will be disappointed to say that they're in the top four
0: yeah man
1: so I mean like I don't know I think for Detroit it's really cool because they have a nice little young core going with Sadiq Bey and everything and like I don't know that they're after the Blake Griffin thing and the D-Rose like getting rid of like all those like the hopes that they had of like being a playoff team this year just like selling them off really early in the season even before the trade deadline like I, I just like good basketball karma for the first <laughs> to end up in detroit
0: yeah yes yeah, sir and uh you know it's gonna be interesting to see how because uh killian they had drafted killian last year and uh killian is a pure point guard you know yeah. and uh, he doesn't i don't know i don't know how he's working on in the summer but right now he doesn't have the tools offensively to play the two. but he is and he's he, he he, he's very he's a very smart defender uh, his ball vision is amazing he's a good basketball player so it's going to be interesting to see how he plays with Cade because Cade is a yeah. 6'8 240 monster who, who could do everything on the court and if he pans out like he's supposed to pan out the Detroit basketball will, will be back in a few years I, I have no doubt about that uh, the Rockets at two most likely selecting uh, Jalen Green which is and it's just gonna be a nice fit uh to see him play him that, that pick and roll with him and Christian Wood is gonna be pretty, pretty pretty fun. It's yeah. gonna be pretty fun. Uh the Cavs, bro. Like that's the yeah. one thing that kind of uh, bro, cause they got a core at five last year, and then they, they get the third pick, and now they get to pick either between Mobley, Snugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want Kuminga, Kuminga is gonna be a good prospect. So man. Yeah.
1: They got so many first-round draft picks since LeBron left. Like, it's just insane to me. I don't understand the NBA. The Knicks haven't moved up in a draft lottery <laughs> since the first draft lottery, in Cleveland gets a pick every year, even when they bust on them with, like, Anthony Bennett and <laughs> Andrew Wiggins and trade it for, like, Kevin Love just to get LeBron back. Like, I just – I hate it. I hate Literally. Cleveland.
0: What do you think Cleveland does with the pick? Because they have to pay, they have to make a decision to pay Holland. So it's either that or draft the guard, or because you still got Garland for another year, then you have to pay him. Yeah, I don't know if you want to take a center because you have Jared Allen that you traded the first round pick for and you intend to pay him, right? So yeah. where do you think they go with that, Nola? Um,
1: it's tough to say. I mean, I don't think that anybody is really sold on sexton at this point yeah like i think if if you're saying that you're sold on sexton you're just kind of probably a homer i mean like it just he's he needs the ball too much he doesn't really distribute the ball that well and i think that you could probably trade him and get something decent back and still draft the guard you want in the first round. So I think pairing someone else with Garland or even just like letting all three of those guards like work in the backcourt for a year and like seeing what works with what and like who fits with who. I think that could be interesting. I think that's the route they'll probably go is like stick with a guard or a uh, wing or something like that.
0: Uh, I, I know you've seen those Colin Sexton into New York uh, tweets. on your your timeline i know you because i have not not about that yeah (laughs) me either at all man at all because he put up some decent numbers and you know he's gonna want to get paid bro like a surplus of 90 million dollars is going to be coming his way but not from us
1: people are saying like that the jaw moran and like um the aaron fox contract should be like a guide for that thinking that he can like maybe he does develop into a player like that but right now he's not that player and I don't think the Knicks are in a position that they can really risk being (laughs) they can take that risk on given like where they're at with their roster and like having to pay Randall having to pay Mitch probably this next year and then RJ's extension looming like you can't take a shot on a player like that if you're not sure what you're getting back
0: yeah man and uh the Warriors got 7-14 and they had gotten Wiseman last year with the I believe the second pick um but I mean I I really do like book knife for this team comes off the bench gives you a little scoring punch maybe they draft the the guard from uh, Mitchell from Baylor maybe they got maybe they draft the guard uh, the guard from Baylor but man they got assets man they got assets now yeah. now it's no yeah,
1: I, I think they'll make a trade I don't think this uh they definitely won't to draft two rookies, I don't think, in the first round. I think they'll at least trade one of them.
0: Maybe, maybe. Would you – any any team in the top 14 that you would want the Knicks to trade up? If there was, like, uh, there was an opportunity? Because, I don't know, 13, I don't know, 14, maybe, 12 with the Spurs. I don't know if there's anybody in the bank in a lottery that they can't get at 19 that they're intrigued with.
1: That's, it really depends on – how those like first 10 picks go. I mean, if someone like Moody drops to 12 or something and you can package all three of your picks or, you know, three good ones. And then one other second rounder and get a player like that back. I mean, it depends on what the front office and the scouting department think of him. I mean, I love Moody as a player. And um, I think that, if you can get a player like that, you should take a chance, but there's also the chance that that backfires. Like you saw like the Sixers, whenever they traded up for faults. I mean, I don't think it's that big of a, I mean, that was like a pretty, that's that's an outlier. Usually when you trade up, you're getting a pretty solid player. But I mean, I just think that if you're going to trade up, you really, really have to be sold on who it is. And I don't think if the draft falls the way I think it's going to fall There's really that many great trade up options because I think I don't think the Knicks have the assets to get into the top past the top eight. And after that, it's kind of like I feel like you're better off taking two shots than just trading them up and getting some guy up there. I don't think the difference is that much between 10 and 19 and is like that great that you should trade two picks away just to move up to that small of a increment of talent level.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, another uh, small storyline behind this draft lottery was that, you know, Chicago and Minnesota, they didn't get their pick, you know, the trade, the trade for D'Lo, Uh They wasn't, they traded if it landed outside the top four, I believe I've been seeing top three, but it's top four, I believe. And if it falls outside then you know, they lose their pick, and uh, landed at seven, so boom, there you go, uh, right there. And then uh, Chicago, I-, I believe Chicago, it was more of uh, if it ain't not land in top five, then they would get their pick. And they did land in top five, and, you know, it was the magic. It uh, it- it's now the magic pick because of that Vucevic trade. You know, we-, we ripped them for that Vucevic trade, and they shouldn't have never done it. And Now they don't have their fifth pick. And this team is in dire need of talent. Like we said before, they're, they're probably going to get Lonzo and just spend the money because they're going to have it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be interesting and in minnesota i like this guy i forgot his twitter handle but he he's a minnesota fan and he literally beefs with like all the fan base and i follow him because he's like one of the most funny accounts on twitter hey, he and yeah, yeah. he gets it he gets it he gets hit with everybody <laughs> <laughs> and uh and that fan base pretty much said like they don't care because they got uh ball marrow remember when we did that deal with them and they we had selected ball marrow for them oh yeah 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 so he's coming over so it's pretty much like you know another rookie coming in and then they never even really had a chance to see D'Lo with Cat and uh Edwards for a whole season so that that's the that's the direction they're looking at it but you know you know they're just you know hiding their sorrow you know they're mad they lost their pick
1: oh definitely <laughs> I mean not even around, Edwards is really good and everything he's one of my favorite like young players in the league it's like talent wise. I mean, I don't really love his like personality that much just because he's like knocked the Knicks a few times. But I mean, yeah, I, I think they have a pretty good young core there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, um what you're saying is um about the trade to Orlando. Orlando having five and eight now. That's a really good haul for them. And you have the option to either you know trade up into the top three probably and or you can just take five and eight which is what i'd probably do because five and eight are both like top 10 picks i mean yeah, it's yeah. not brain surgery i'd rather have two shots at it and have two players but i mean and again that if you can get kate or someone like that droid wants to trade back i don't think they will
0: no but... no 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 <laughs> that, that is not happening that... <laughs>
1: i'd listen to calls though i take calls for sure
0: I mean, Yeah, the Magic, are, that's a good point, man, because the Magic are a very good position. Five and eight, you know, for a rebuilding team in this stage. Do you remember, they still have R.J. Hampton. They got mm-hmm. Cole Anthony. I love Cole Anthony. We, let's see what he turns out to be. They're bringing back more folks. Uh Isaiah, uh, what's his name? Jonathan Isaac. We got to see how he pans out with all his injury history. Uh, their center position, a little questionable. I know Wendell Carter had a good second half of the season uh a dookie but i i i don't know i don't know i think he's a little undersized I, I i don't know i was never a big believer of wendell carter even though he put on the jersey i, I don't know bro i don't know but
1: I, mean, I was a big i was a big fan of wendell carter coming out.
0: i don't know uh, i don't know man for a high pick like that I, he's a good nba player but
1: i mean what pick did he go
0: he went six or five no he went five a few years ago yeah he went five
1: it's a little high yeah i think he's a top 10 talent for sure in that draft but i don't know if he's yeah i don't know if he's top five <laughs>
0: yeah he was he was drafted high and he 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 was supposed to pretty much he was supposed to be what triple j is now right you know a guy who could play the four and a five who's yeah. big and strong. compare
1: him to horford a lot
0: yeah yeah that's the type of big he's supposed to be we'll, we'll see how he pans though I, i'm cheering for him but the, I don't know the expectations and he's been hurt, bro. Like he's been, yeah, hurt. that's the biggest hurt. thing
1: is you just can't stay healthy.
0: Yeah. And I always say, man, the best, the best, whatever they say, you know, availability is the best of <laughs> ability.
1: Yeah. Man. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever,
0: whatever. But you know, a lot on my mind, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, a couple of prospects that I would like to see it like them draft. Now that we're thinking about it, Um, you know, Moody, Moody would be a great, Great, you know, wing player for them. Him and Isaac, they could, you know, they could both play a decent amount of offense, and they could defend. I believe Moody can defend on the next, uh thing. And, and also, look, Kispert, you know, Kispert from Gonzaga. Wherever he lands, wherever he lands, is it, going to be a good fit because he could go to the Pelicans, he could go to the Magic, he could go to the Spurs, he could go to the Hornets, he could go, to, he could go to the, any one of these places. He could go fourteen to the Warriors, and he could play that running gun style. Uh, Man, man, I cannot wait for the draft lottery. I cannot wait to see what happens. Can't wait for the NBA draft. What, do you know when is it?
1: I'm not sure, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: whenever it I, is.
1: Honestly, I didn't know the draft lottery was yesterday until like you te- messaged me. about it. Sure. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I, was, I didn't even think about it. I was, I don't know, the Knicks weren't in it. It didn't even cross my mind.
0: And because like um, I follow I follow a few of these prospects like throughout high school and like in college uh, and stuff. So it's kind of like it's one of those like because you get to pick, you get to see like where these guys actually going to go. You can actually project. And yeah. I always been like, I want to see what a lottery. Like, I need to know when the lottery is because and, and and all that heartbreak with the Knicks and stuff. You know how that goes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That year we was way cool. too well. <laughs> we, uh, we were supposed to get Zion Man, the year they changed the rule yeah it's silly for that <laughs> yeah yeah that's another reason why i hate philly sports bro honestly yeah man uh, you know what speaking of philly and the playoffs you know we could jump right into that right because man the hawk shot shocked the world and won game seven uh you know a few things a few things on my notes that i wanted to you know say about this series you know you know tobias harris You know, for him being the main threat on the perimeter, like a lead threat on the perimeter, and him not being able to cover up ground for Joel Embiid for him, you know, because of his knee towards the second half, You, you, you see towards the second half, Joel missing shots. Typical, like, you know, fadeaway, you know, mid ranges that are, that are, Easy for him. Easy post ups. He's missing layups. He's he falling on the floor. So
1: much. Yeah,
0: he's selling for threes, and it's like you know, it's those moments where I'm yelling at my TV like, "Yo, Tobias, like, yo, go get the ball, go attack, go pick and roll, go do something." And, and I don't know, Doc Rivers just doesn't call plays for him at the end of the game. I don't know, and it's and he doesn't hit his shots too. um
1: That's the thing. I think it's hard to call play for someone, call plays for someone who you who won't make the shot and. I mean, I I think I said this to you yesterday, but like, as much as like Tobias Harris is a good player, I just really don't think he's a max contract player in this league, and it it just—I mean, obviously the Simmons thing is what it is at this point, and like that, I think was a bigger issue than Tobias. But I mean, you can't be thrilled to see that you have two of your three max contract players fail to step up in a playoff series like that when your best players hurt a healthy and masks a lot of those problems and i think that if and healthy they win this series probably in five or six but at the same time you can't really knock the hawks at this point they're in the eastern conference finals It's yeah i mean they've earned it and they beat teams in front of them and that's all you can really ask of them and i Hope Milwaukee waxes them starting tonight. But <laughs> I, I I'm nervous about it to be honest with you, because uh they just don't have Chris Middleton's good, Drew Holiday's good, but they don't really have the perimeter threat like Trey is Trey and Herder are for the Hawks. And you can beat them, and I think they'll ultimately probably overpower them and just kind of like beat them in submission, but if Atlanta can keep spreading the floor the way they've done the first two rounds and keep their defensive level of intensity up. It's going to be a really good series.
0: Uh, I agree. And, um, you know, you you live in the state of PA. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I just wanted you to give, like, please tell the pod on how, like, you know, the like area feels about Ben Simmons and Tobias, this whole situation. Please tell me because I know you follow you follow Philly sports and all that. Please, Please, please let the people know.
1: Um, yeah, Ben Simmons, I think, I think there's definitely a lot of people in your side of the camp that think people are really, really overreacting to two bad playoff series of Ben Simmons. But there were a lot of fans that were mad they didn't make the trade for Harden. Mm. And there are a lot of fans that now – after basing this whole premise of this whole process around building around two superstars that if one of those two superstars is averaging like 9 points a game that's makes it a lot harder and your like your window your margin of error is so much smaller because you have so much money tied up in these max contracts to Tobias and Ben Simmons that could be going to at least like fill out your roster and help out your depth, and I didn't think that depth is really an issue for them. They had a pretty deep team yeah, issue, no, they, they had were a healthy, roster. they were the number one team in the east. Yeah, and that's why I think it's really hard to judge this season for the Sixers because you didn't have a healthy Embiid. And I know like you may you might never have a healthy Embiid, yeah, man, but yeah. I mean, like it just what they were for most of the season isn't what they were in the playoffs. And that makes it a really tough evaluation for people.
0: See, like my Ben Simmons take is this. Look, he had a bad series. I'm not like I'm not giving him no excuses. Like he had a bad series. OK, all right. But to diminish what he is as a player so, to, for the whole universe to just consider this man a trash, bro. Come on, he's like a top 15 of the top 18 player in the league. He's 6'10. He plays the point guard, he has top five, top three vision in the league. He plays the best defense. He should be back to back defensive player of the year. His rookie year, he beat the Heat by himself, he didn't have him beat his rookie year, and he beat them in a the playoff series. He, oh, I know y'all remember when he beat Brooklyn. He dropped like 30, he dropped like a 30 point triple double, was in the crowd's face, flex. I, I watched that game, bro. I watched that game alive, and I'm like, that's that. I think that's the moment I really 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 like fell in love with the player Ben Simmons like this dude is an animal and I like with all with all stars in the league I'm not saying he's a like top five guy top 10 guy and you know that, that's where all the criticism is coming from it like he is a guy he's a second he, he's a he could be the second best player on the championship team that's it that's why I'm pulling the cap on it and uh to, to but- see
1: if he was the second best player on a championship team, don't you think he'd show up more against Atlanta? I agree. I'm not
0: giving him no excuses. I'm not giving yeah. him no excuses. Yeah. I'll just say. Yeah. Back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, he played awful this series. I don't know what happened to him. He, I know he doesn't shoot the ball, but nobody could stop you down well, here, bro. The thing. Like, <laughs> can
1: you name a single aspect of Ben Simmons game that has gotten better since he's been in the league? i think
0: yeah. bro, i think everything got better but his jump shot i, don't I
1: think, think the defense i think the defense i think,
0: I think defense, he's regressed i think he in my opinion i think i think he became a better defender throughout the years um i think he got better at
1: you he know came the not a pretty good defender though it's not like he like learned a new skill or something you know
0: mm, i don't know i think he i think he got better at defending a one on one i think he got better at defending in different coverages as well you know and
1: Oh, he's a great defender. I like Ben Simmons. Just, I think,
0: I, and he's able to orchestrate your offense like, oh, like, elite, like, bro, like he, like, people, like I understand he didn't was, score. Yeah. I understand. It's just this one series. I mean, oh, pick another series. time he, when he did it. He was, I mean, I, it's one series. Like, it's one series.
1: It's one. He didn't series. look great against uh, Orlando or not Orlando, uh, the Wizards either. They won without Embiid, though. I understand that. I
0: understand that wizard. I understand. I understand. But I don't know the wizard situation. Like he played like, bro, he was guarding like Beal and, and, and Russ. That's and it, yeah, like, like, come on, man. I want him but, to talk. Everybody play.
1: talks up his defense. I mean, he got torched by Beal and Westbrook. And then I was getting lit up by Trey Young. Like if he's this great of a defender and it's like such a great skill for him, don't you think like they'd have an answer for the pick and roll?
0: I, I I don't have a I don't have a rebuttal to that not, I, mean, I don't because I'm trying to fight I'm trying to defend I'm trying to be double advocating for, for him but like I understand where you're coming from yeah maybe really maybe is. maybe I'm a
1: little too close to it <laughs> like yeah it, it, but I'm frustrated man yeah man I I didn't expect him you know to be a great three-point shooter but I didn't think he'd be afraid to shoot the ball You know what's frustrating? To
0: see Knicks fans saying they they don't want Ben Simmons on the
1: team. I don't want Ben Simmons. I'm I'm that (laughs) Knicks fan. (laughs) Number one. one. My my, my thing is, you're sitting here telling me how much you don't want Kyle. or Yeah, Kyle Lowry. No, no, I want
0: Kyle.
1: Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. DeMar DeRozan. Because of spacing, And you would have bring him in bed? Goddamn. No, sippy. because that's all DeMar does,
0: though, is score the ball, though. Like, he's an okay defender, but, bro, like, the main – the reason why you're bringing in DeMar is to score, and we don't need that mid-range game and right now. But what we can use is another big defender who could – that you could throw on anybody. What we can use is another point guard who could initiate the offense way better than Peyton. What we can use is a guy who – Bro, come on, come on. I don't he 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 helps our team more than he doesn't. We're gonna Uh, get more points in transition. We were last in transition.
1: Ceiling on players like Simmons and to some level like Westbrook, who can't reliably hit open threes and like this modern day NBA. I think it really limits the spacing on the floor for your offense. I think it causes a lot of trouble, troubles that you see in the playoffs. I mean, do you think like obviously Ben Simmons? didn't have do you think he makes a difference in the series the Knicks versus the Hawks he didn't make a he didn't make a difference against the Sixers and and that's why I, I asked myself that does he make? does he make a difference in that series and I don't think so I think Tibbs is such a good schematic like defensive coach that you don't need a star you don't think it's tighter difference. you don't think it's tighter I don't really think it is because I mean like he didn't stop anybody in Atlanta when he's with Philly in the next round. Like it's like the defense didn't do anything. He got the same results. Yeah, 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 no, no. I I see all your points.
0: I I really do, and it's very hard to argue against it. You know, uh-huh. but
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, man. Yeah. It really is because I yeah. do like Ben Simmons as a player. I really do but
0: and and, to, and, and his it's just the
1: ceiling on it. I don't know what it is. I don't know how much better he gets and I don't know you're seeing it now with Philly like if he can be that second guy.
0: If if say like they trade him to Portland. Portland becomes a better team, right?
1: Definitely. But I think that's I, yeah, that's what trade I try to actually talked to my buddy about a few times is um McCollum for Simmons. I think that's a trade that works out really good for both teams. I think Portland's defense gets a lot better. I think that you have someone that when you double team Dame Lillard, that you can play four on three and have Ben Simmons distribute to the open shooter or attack the rim. If he decides he wants to start attacking the rim again. And I mean, I think that McCollum to the Sixers is like exactly what that offense needs. And I think that they're – I think Docs is a decent enough coach defensively and that Embiid is a good enough defender that you can take that – I don't think the loss of Simmons is completely, like, makes them a trash defense or anything like that. So I think they can make up for that loss defensively, but I think the amount of room that that will create on the floor to have someone that can run the pick and roll and shoot threes like CJ would is probably the best fit that you can reasonably expect to get for ben simmons after that playoff series because he hasn't helped his trade value like at all
0: (laughs) yeah remember ben simmons made a third all nba team last year too remember that i remember that
1: no he's good yeah
0: Um, yeah yeah but (sighs) It's hard to be like, yo. Look at his, like his skill set. will won't help our team. Like, it's it's hard for me to say that to sit up here and be like, no, like I won't put together like a package. Like, I'm not saying two first round picks or anything, but you no, know, will pick or uh, they ain't gonna give them one. Yeah, yeah, they, they, that's the thing. That's the thing. They're gonna look for substantial talent returning back, right? Maybe that's what I'm
1: thinking like CJ McCollum is like the exact like level of player and like fit. That makes sense there.
0: I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast and he was saying "Um, Orlando, you know, Orlando gives up some of their assets and they, you know, they get Ben Simmons, you know, the Sixers get a little younger uh, and the perimeter and they, and they pretty much put a team around Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is only 23, 24 years old. He hasn't really hit his prime. He's still a young guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he still has a lot, a lot of years left in the league. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if he does stay in Philly or, or, or he doesn't. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And we're definitely going to be here to talk about it. So, yeah, for
1: sure.
0: The the next series, uh, Brooklyn versus Bucks, it goes seven games. You know, after that 0-2 star, me and you were pretty much like, yeah, this is over with. But Kyrie went down and then Harden tried to come back and Harden didn't look the same. And, you know, KD was playing out of his mind, 35-10-5, and five insane percentages. Almost sent them home, but, you know, his foot was on the line, which is pro. <laughs> yeah, man, like, he almost beat him by himself, pretty much, because Joe Harris was a no-show. Uh, Harden shouldn't even be playing, like, like, I don't know what was going on over there. But, yeah, what's your thought, man? What's your thoughts after they went down 0-2? Because I believe that's the last time we spoke on the pod.
1: Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, like like we said, I mean, I really expected after that start that it seemed like after those first two games genuinely that Brooklyn was the more talented team, even though Milwaukee was so much more healthy than them. And I think that if you're if you're the Nets, you I don't know what you do right now. I mean, like, you basically just have to stand pat yeah. and hope things are like you don't have a lot of cap space. DeAndre Jordan's making $20 million the next two years and didn't <laughs> even think. fucking see the last playoff series. So, like, yeah. you know, you have three Hall of Fame players making a ton of money. You have DeAndre Jordan making a ton of money. And, you don't have a lot of draft picks. You traded away everything to get James Harden. So, I mean, I think if they're healthy next year, which I mean, isn't like that crazy to think that at least two out of three of them will be fully healthy next year, you know, um, that they're as dangerous as anybody still, because those three players alone are enough to win you a series, uh, yet alone with everybody else on their team and everything. So, I mean, I think when they're healthy, Brooklyn is still probably the team to beat in the East next year. But uh, you're definitely you're definitely seeing that they aren't as like head and heels above everybody as we thought. Like I, th- I at least I thought personally that they were. I didn't think they would lose to the Bucks. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I kind of underrated this Bucks team a little bit, but. I really thought Brooklyn was going to win five, six games.
0: You got to think, right? It's really hard, right? Because, you know, because you could tell, like, there was a big, big disparity when Kyrie was on the court. Like, you could tell, like, oh, the Nets are way better than the, than the Bucks. They're going to go on and win the championship. Harden's going to come back at some point in time. But it looks like injuries really got the best of them in this series. Uh, you know, I know you were ragging on Middleton, but Middleton played really well, you know, after game two. Yeah, he really did. He he went tip for tat with KD with the mid-range game. I thought, I I really thought he played extremely well. Um, Giannis, Giannis was getting, Giannis is going to be Giannis. Giannis got his points, his rebounds, his assists, uh, They just didn't have the personnel to roll up on him consistently. You know, Blake Griffin would do it okay in the first quarter or so. But, you know, when Giannis is constantly down your throat 48 minutes and he's going downhill, bro, (laughs) you know, he's going to get his numbers. Uh, You know, the disappearance of Joe Harris was kind of, you know, disappointing because if they would have got – the regular Joe Harris, not even like a postseason version of him, not 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 a playoff Joe, just like a regular regular season. Regular Game. Joe. Yeah, they got even a regular Joe, you know, they probably would have beat the Bucks, right? Because yeah. they were just daring him to shoot at some time. You could tell he lost his confidence. Uh, you know, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was okay defensively. No, you know,
1: defensively, great, offensively, just really as you scratch in your head sometimes
0: yeah 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 his game is really weird offensively right like it's all predicated on timing he doesn't really have a bag bro like he'll try to get past you and then flip it up a little like you know real quick on you
1: yeah he's someone that relies on like his defense and athleticism more than like his like skill
0: yeah yeah um you know they match up with the hawks you you touched on it a little bit uh at the end of the day, I just don't think they match up with them. I think, you know, with, with the combination of Giannis and Middleton and Holiday and, you know, the toughness of P.J. Tucker, you know, the Hawks will fight. You know, I guess that's just that's just how they are built this year, I guess. But, man, it's a, I think it's a tall order. It's, a tall, it's not a discombobulated Philly team. This team is, you know, together. and They, they see the chip because if we look out west – you get a bang, you got a banged up Clippers team, and you have to go through the Suns, most likely, right? So,
1: yeah, they, they see the chance again. Clippers have been down 02 every series so far, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, Kawhi, uh, that's, that's 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 big,
0: that's big, that's big. Matter of fact, no, that, that could be the last series we talk about right now. The, the Suns and Clippers, mm-hmm. um, the game last night, man, like, like and you said, Payne. You t- Cameron Payne, bro, like. Man, we talked about him before, but we asked to speak on him again because, you know, out of uh, Murray State, not in the league, you know, come back and, and to do this on, on the biggest stage is ridiculous, bro. And, like, you know what's the funny thing about Cameron Payne? is his shooting. Like, the way he shoots the ball, bro. It looks awkward as hell. But it goes in. Yeah. It goes in. Matters. Yeah, man. And Van Gundy was like, you know, you just don't mess with a guy that's, you know, putting the ball through the hoop. You know, you know. Uh, Aiton has surprised me this playoffs. You know, I know he sorry, would be. Real
1: quick. I think campaign's only what like twenty six.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's like he's super young. He's like in his he mid twenties. I mean, he
1: was like a lottery pick, and then it was just like a bum for a little bit. But I mean, like figuring out the game of basketball at age twenty six isn't like you know like crazy. You know, like a lot of players develop like a little later like that. So it's it's cool to see.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, another like Aiton, Aiton was, a, was like another player that surprised me a lot through this playoffs. You know, when he got drafted, he was a guy that I oh, was, I do, bro. Yeah, I, I was high on him, but uh, I guess he could be a perennial All Star. Maybe I know he was gonna be a solid big. I know he was gonna be, you know, at least at I minimum mean, like an 18-10 guy. I like mm-hmm. the way I like, you know, he was physically ready for the NBA. But you know, I didn't expect this defensive versatility from him. You know, him being able to move his feet, him to learn from uh, Rudy Goldberg because you know the Clippers, you know how they had him, you know, away from the basket, and you know his tendency is, you know, I gotta defend the rim. So every time they cut through, Terrence Mann was open in the corner, Reggie Jackson was open in the corner, you no, know, all, like, all that stuff, and they they were able to expose, and they can't do it that way, Aiton, because Aiton is able to move his feet, and you know he's able to you know, pretend like he's, pretend like he's, a uh, rim protection, pretend like he's being rim protection and slide his feet back to the corner, which is amazing. I seen him do that like seven times in a row. I'm like, shit, this, this, this nigga will move. Yeah. He's lifting on his feet, man. Yeah, man. And, um, yeah, I think the way that, uh, Monty Williams has, has the sons playing, man, that's and I told you last pod. Does this feel like a son? Does this feel like a finals run? And he was like, uh I don't know. I think I that was know. before Kawhi got hurt, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That but changes I, it a bit.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I felt the magic from the TV, man. After that Denver, I was like, man, it feels like a finals run. It feels yeah. like, it, but I don't know. But you know, well, all they, finals that's the thing
1: too. They did this first two games without Chris Paul playing.
0: Yeah. And he's coming back, Game Three. Yep. Yep. And we don't
1: know the timetable with Kawhi, and we never really got to talk. about I don't think him. he's coming back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: it's over with. I Maybe if they made the finals or something, but I don't think this series. And even then, even the finals, I don't think he'd he'd be a shell of himself if he came back at all.
0: And you might risk injury again. We saw yeah. that in Candy.
1: For someone that already has like an injury history, like Kawhi, I can't see him being like too thrilled about that idea.
0: And that's unfortunate because, man, we, oh, this is their year, bro. This is the year they had to get through the Suns and probably the Bucks. And with a healthy Kawhi, I got the Clippers. But, man, the way the Suns are playing, and, and that, and like you said, like, that is all time out of, like, you know, out of timeout and in the gameplay. Like, it doesn't get better than that. What a a pass from
1: Crowder, man! Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Did you see Stephen
1: A's uh, (laughs) reaction? Oh, him and Wilbon. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, that (laughs) was that that was my reaction for real. Oh (laughs) hell yeah, dude! I was like, whole like, I barely even like caught it. You know, I wasn't even like expecting. (laughs) I don't know why I wasn't expecting an oop when there's like less than a second left. But (laughs) like, I was just like, holy shit, dude! That was such a great play, and Aiden just. Man, he's a special. He's special. He's going to be a good big. He's going to be a good big for, I don't know if, you know, he'll be all time or anything like that. But, I mean, he's going to be a solid, solid big in the league. He's athletic enough to, you know, move around with some of these smaller fives too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A-N is definitely,
0: you could call him, you know, the Western Conference version of Bam. Very though, Him and Bam are really comparable. I think A-N has a better offensive game you know but yeah i think i think
1: bam's a little better defensively and ayton's a little better offensively but, but definitely comparable right yeah no they're definitely similar yeah
0: i want to give credit to uh paul george you know paul george averaging 35 and 5 uh he hit
1: what would have been the game winner if it wasn't for that <laughs> crazy yeah. inbound play
0: he's been going tat, for tat with, uh, with d book like, uh-huh. like he has like he uh, has like that third quarter in game one, him and d Bo- they were going right at each other. Uh, game two as well. Um, he missed those two free throws, which is just like, bro, like, come on. They was right yeah. there. They were right there, man. They were right there. They iced the game. And yeah. that was definitely the turning point. <sighs> man. But he he has been hooping. Um, Reggie Jackson has been hooping as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the man's a fraud, <laughs> Sorry,
1: <laughs>
0: sorry, oh, but next yeah. season we'll, we'll we'll see how he plays next season. But like, in this moment, in this moment of time, he is playing out of his mind, Mauler. bro. I don't know if he like, I, I don't know, man. maybe if he spoke to Jordan or uh, I don't know what happened or Kobe is playing through him or That's something. Michael
1: secret stuff at halftime,
0: but yeah, he is uh, he is hitting big shots. But it's just not enough. Like, you know, Reggie Jackson cannot be a second option scoring wise. And it's it showing it, it really is. But it's it's just hard to not think like, you know, if they did not have if they, you know, if Kawhi wasn't on the court, like how different would that game would have went would it went at wire to wire like it has because, you know, the Suns. Like, I, like the Suns are just bowling man. i don't know i don't know how do you how do you feel about that situation if Kawhi was on the
1: court would they be would they be down 0-2 um i mean they were down 0-2 in every series with Kawhi, so i wouldn't put it past them yeah yeah but, but, yeah um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah it's just if you're the clippers i mean that last loss yesterday it really has to hurt, you know, losing in the final second like that. Yeah. But you are coming home and you just pushed this team to like within one second of winning a game on the road. And you've been down 0-2, like I said, in every other series. I don't think they're panicking yet. And as much as I think the Suns probably will ultimately win this series, I'm not going to say it's like out of the question for – LA to win these next two at home, just like they did in the past series.
0: No, no, no you got a point. You got a point. And yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see a little bit. I would like to see Terrence, man, you know, show up a little bit more, like, oh, yeah, you know, he, at he home. Huge
1: games, Yeah. Yeah. He
0: had a huge game against the Sun, the, the Jazz, man, in, in game uh, six, I believe. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> how
1: sustainable that is, but, yeah. but if man, you're getting in, I'll take it.
0: He shot the shit off the boy in games in game six. And yeah. And Man, I, I didn't think they would get over that home because I believe the last time we spoke, we were, they were in that middle of that series. And it was a little bit doubtful if they could even get out that series because um, even with Kawhi, they were having a little bit of struggles, like putting the ball in the hole and, and defending that group of wings. But I guess they figured it out. You know, Ty Lue, I don't the credit, you know, credit to Ty Lu, pushing buttons, seeing what works you know, combinations because different combinations work in different series. Mm -hmm. He's played Luke a little bit more. Uh, Terrence, man, Beverly has seen the court. Rondo has laced up his shoes now. I guess Rondo's playing now (laughs) because Rondo got a few DMPs throughout the playoffs, which is kind of weird because, you know, they traded Lou Williams for him and it's like he was catching. Lou Williams is doing pretty well in the playoffs, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with Reggie Jackson, this tour become like a little bit redundant, like they're two similar players to have both of them I think bringing in Rondo was a good call but the fact that he's not playing in some of these games kind of makes you raise your eyebrow a little bit yeah for
0: sure for sure it's gonna be interesting to see uh what happens in the playoffs to see because you know tonight I believe game one of Hawks and uh bucks mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure me and you, we have the bucks while winning this series uh as far as game one, Anything you want to see the Hawks do, you know, to see them to see them come out because it's gonna be interesting to see how they play Capella with the Brooke Lopez and the Giannis. Do they throw him on Giannis or does Collins, how does Collins defend them? Uh how does Milwaukee handle the Trey Young situation? Like, how do they defend the pick and roll? I don't know. I, I don't know if they toss Brooke Lopez in a pick and roll. I don't know how good will he be, you know, defending it. There's a lot of question marks that I got for this series, you know.
1: Um, to be honest with you, I've picked against Atlanta every single round of the playoffs so far, yeah. and they've proven me wrong. But I'm not backing down from it, and I really, really hope that Trey Young has a horrible series and Milwaukee just manhandles them in like four or five games. I doubt it'll happen, but I can, I can hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully. But no.
0: On that note. We're gonna end this episode. Uh make sure to follow me and Nolan on Twitter. Make sure to follow the Corner Three Pod on Twitter as well. And um to look up our website. We're gonna have articles soon. Uh you could check out all our all our episodes on there as well. We upload all our episodes. Check it out on Spotify, all the major platforms. And uh yeah, yeah, pretty much. Peace.